So this, this weekend, I got back yesterday um, afternoon. I, I was invited by, about a year and a half, two years ago, this, these two guys came to me and they said, hey, we, we want to get a Bible study started for guys our age. And there's really nothing that's around there. And they were in their, in, in their 20s, um, late 20s, early 30s age group. And they didn't know of anything. And they're like, can you help us? And I said, sure. So we met a couple of uh, times for lunch. And we talked about what, you know, what, what they wanted to do, how it can look, various ways that it all operates and stuff. And, um, and then I helped them start it. I went the first couple of times to their, their meetings um, and helped kind of guide them on, on a little path. And, and then because they meet at six o'clock in the mornings, um, I'm like, I'm never coming back. Um, you are crazy. And so they continued on. Um, periodically I would check in on them and just send them an email and say, Hey, how's it going guys? And, um, and they would, you know, send back to me, Oh, it's great. You know, and invite me to come. And I'm like, that's really nice, but no. Um, and, and so recently I did show up, I, I popped in on them. And uh, I had been emailing back and forth with uh, with one of them, and he invited me to come, and I never responded, but I just showed up anyway. And um, I got to tell you, the, the guys that are in there, there's there's like one or two that are single um, that they started with. Uh, there's a lot of newly married, some just having had babies, um, a couple that have maybe a, the oldest maybe is a four year old. Um, they're real young uh, guys, and um, and so when I came back. To see this, I'm like, okay, I know guys of this age. The commitment level of guys of this age is like nothing. You know, I'm going to walk in, there's going to be four of them. You know, it's going to be the two guys who started it, who I email with, and then like two other guys who feel guilty for not showing up. Um, And I get there, and there's like 12 or 13 of them. I'm like, holy cow. And, And they have that many almost every time that still come after that length of time. I'm like, this is amazing. The, the faithfulness and y'all are doing a great job, man. I'm, can you teach me how to do this? That'd be great. Um, so they invited me this weekend to go out to one of their ranches. And what they were doing is um, they, they were involved with this thing called Operation Orphan. And they brought in these, uh, these eight boys from an orphanage near where the, the ranch is um, and took them hunting yesterday. They, the boys showed up at 530 in the morning. Um, and you know, and some of the, we're waking up some of the guys, the kids are here, get up. Uh, and, and they, you know, they kind of pair off with each other. And, um, I said a prayer over them before they all headed out and they all headed out to the blinds. And, um, these kids, you know, they're, they're in an orphanage. They don't get to do much, um, of anything. They go to school. Um, they're the ones who have been cast aside. Their ages ranged from a little kid in fifth grade. Um, all the way up to one who was a senior in high school. Um, and there was three of them that had special needs that you could tell. It was evident. But they, they pair off and they go to their, their blinds and they come back. And, I, you know, I sat there the, the rest of the day uh, or waiting for them that morning. And, and when they come back, you know, one of the kids had shot a deer and it was just awesome. You know, it, he was the only one, but... All of his buddies are surrounding him and so happy for him. And, you know, they did the blood right there on his cheeks and he just loved it. He was one of the younger kids. And so it was just he was bouncing off the walls. And I was like, the cool thing is he's going to get to take this meat home with him. And, and then they're going to be eating at the or-. And he's like, I provided the meal tonight, fellas, you know, um, type deal, which would be so awesome for him. And just it was such a neat thing. But I, I think the greatest part that I really took from that 
was how these young men from our community dealt with these boys. These are guys who have at most little toddlers. They're not used to dealing with older kids. None of them are in youth ministry. None of them have any of that kind of stuff. None of them are in ministry at all. But the way they interacted with these boys was amazing. The way that they just talked to them and spent time with them was fascinating to me. I sat back and I watched a lot. I was there kind of, you know, they invited me to come to participate. One of the guys thought it was up my alley and I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll be there. So I came and and I got to see and I helped cook one of the meals and, you know, just got to witness the stuff that was going on. The thing that really got me was the way that um, the kids who had special needs were treated. Now, being a dad with a, a kid who has special needs, it means a lot when an adult treats them as if they're normal. It means a whole lot when someone interacts with them. Because it's easy to ignore them. Because let's be honest, some kids with special needs mine included, can be very frustrating at times. When they keep pulling on you, and Grace in particular, when she keeps saying the same thing more, 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 over and over and over again, she just wants more videos from you. That's all. She doesn't care about you. She just wants your iPhone. They can be really frustrating. A dad growing up with this child and seeing the way people, it means so much. But these, these young men from our community, they don't know. I mean, I know some of them, and I've seen some of them at other parties in our community. Really? This is how you're going to operate? That's amazing. It was just so great to see the interaction between these young men and these boys. In Isaiah 42, the the people of Israel find themselves in turmoil. They, uh, they're, they're kind of like scattered amongst things and fr- the community's fractured. They've been, they've been taken over by Babylon and, and Babylon has these various different gods that they're trying to be forced down the throat of the people of Israel. And, you know, they're, they're crying out going, where is our God? We've always said our God is the one true God. Where is he? Do you remember in Matthew, remember the book of Matthew um, that we did? Once upon a time, when we talked about the fact that um, that Matthew was setting up Jesus as the next to Moses, but he's saying, but he's so much better. He's the Messiah. And remember what kept the, the, the difference that kept happening is people, including John the Baptist, expected Jesus to come a certain way, that the Messiah should come in this type of fashion. And all along, Jesus kept going, no, 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 no. Now, I'm the Messiah, but this is how I operate. So here the people of Israel are crying out for God's help. In chapter 42, verse 1. Look at my servant, whom I strengthen. He's my chosen one, and I am pleased with him. I have put my spirit upon him. He will reveal justice to the nations. He will be gentle. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush those who are weak or quench the smallest hope. He will bring full justice to all who have been wronged. 
He will not stop until truth and righteousness prevail throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction. God, the Lord, created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath and life to everyone in all the world. And it is he who says, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will guard and support you, for I have given you to my people as the personal confirmation of my covenant with them. And you will be a light to guide all nations to me. You will open the eyes of the blind and free the captives from prison. You will release those who sit in dark dungeons. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else. I will not share my praise with carved idols. Everything I prophesied has come true. And now I will prophesy again. I will tell you the future before it happens. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In this, the first of the servant hymns, as they are so called, in this, a couple of things should have popped out to you. You should have recognized some of the same language, in fact, the very language that God used at the baptism of Jesus. Do you remember that? When Jesus is baptized, he comes out of the water. God says, this is my son whom I love. I am well pleased with him. He's quoting Isaiah 42. He's pointing out the fact that Jesus is this servant. That the Messiah, God, is not who you expect, but this is who God is. This is who the Messiah will be. One who comes to reveal justice. One who comes to open the eyes of the blind and to release those in dark dungeons into freedom. In Matthew, Jesus is... Having just healed a man who had this crippled hand, if you remember the story, the Pharisees are trying to trick Jesus like, oh, can't heal on the Sabbath. And Jesus is like, really? Watch me. If you have a sheep and it falls in the well, are you going to let the sheep stay in the well even if it's the Sabbath? No, you're going to get the sheep out. Stretch out your hand. Boom. Healed. The Pharisees go, no, you didn't. And they plot to kill Jesus. Jesus, knowing what they're doing, leaves. He doesn't stand there and fight them at that time. He doesn't go all boisterous and loud and shout. That's not who he is. He leaves. And he goes, and what does he do? Heals more people. Yeah, he goes and he heals more people. He goes and he makes the blind to see. And it is at that moment that Matthew pulls Isaiah 42. This is who this guy is. We want a Messiah. This is the Messiah. Not in the forceful, powerful way that you think, but in a powerful way so much different and better. He is the one who makes the blind to see. He is the one who releases those from dark dungeons into freedom. He brings justice. Now, justice, in our terms, what we think, David mentioned this in his 830 sermon that I heard, justice is something that we typically think of as getting what you deserve, right? Well, He got justice for that. We want to say that justice is usually kind of almost a negative term, that you get what you deserve. The Hebrew word is mishpah, and that's not what it means. Most scholars would say what it means is is God is letting someone, releasing someone to live the life that God intends them to lead. Giving someone the power or the opportunity to lead the life that God desires them to lead. Justice is releasing people from prisons. 
Justice is making the blind to see. You see the difference there? That justice is this freedom and release into who God longs for you to be. If you look at what Jesus did throughout his ministry, what he did was release people to be sons and daughters. What he did was teach people to be more who God wanted them to be. By loving God and loving them. And if you know the gospel story, when Jesus returned for 40 days, he took it upon himself to remind us that it was now our turn. One day he's going to come back to bring restoration to all things. But in the meantime, it is us who are the hands and feet of Christ in this world. It is upon us to bring justice. In my mind, it is not justice for a child to not have a father. Those boys should have a dad. Now, they have a loving father in heaven that loves them more than any earthly father ever could. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. End of story. But they need a dad to love them, to shepherd them, to encourage them, to release them into the life that God longs for them to lead. Yesterday, they got about 12 of them. It was great, the morning hunt, when they took all the kids off to the blinds and the one kid got his, his dough. And, and then they took him off later in the evening hunt. Those were wonderful, special times. But you know what was the best part of that day? In between. The best part of that day is when those young men released those boys into a little bit more of who God wants them to be. The best part of that day for me was sitting or standing or doing whatever I was doing and watching and watching this one guy who doesn't have any kids, I don't believe, but sit at the table while this, the littlest of the kids comes up to him with his backpack. And this kid, I don't think, stopped talking the entire day. Just nonstop. He brings out this huge thing of Legos. All of the characters that he's created, one by one, sets them up and shares the story of each one of these little Lego characters with this young man. And he's like, great. Oh, that's cool. Wonderful. He even like created, like some of them were like the Batman figurines or Yoda or things like that. But then he had created some of his own superheroes, complete with backstories. And he shares all this information. And that guy sat there. I'm like, I have a six-year-old son who does this. I'm not going to be there. (laughs) See you later. I'm going, you need help in the kitchen? Yeah. But he sat there and he listened and he let this kid just share. One of the kids with, um, with special needs had an accident in the blind in the morning. And two of the guys, one who is not married um, and, and another one who, who is, um, quickly went out to get him before all the other boys got back. And they kind of they brought him in and they, they ushered him back to the house very quickly. And one of the kids, ran, one of the young men ran out to the van that they had come in and, and grabbed his bag and came in and they got him changed. And they're like, man, it's okay. It ha- it's sitting in a deer blind is like a really long kind of thing. And it's what, no pride. It's cold and all kinds of stuff. And they just made it like it was nothing. And they didn't tell any of the other kids about it. 
It was like they were dad and that's my boy and something happened. I'm going to protect him. They showed him what love was. Another one of the, the kids who had special needs didn't talk much at all. I tried to inter, interact with him on a couple of occasions and he would just kind of stare at me. And for me, it's one thing because I know and I can operate and I can talk and I can like I can talk to a blank wall. You know, that's not, not a problem. You can stare at me all day long. I will come up with another question. Um, and. But another one of the guys comes over and he sees that he's playing on his phone and he's like, hey, what game are you playing? And he sits down and he talks to him for like 10 minutes, talks at him for like 10 minutes. Just because because he was sitting by himself and he felt like somebody needed to be over there. One of the other boys um, who had special needs told us that he had a really great way of singing like Native Americans. Yeah. And we're like, great, let's hear it. So he goes off on his little Native American dance and singing. And instead of these kids, these guy, young men who are in their 30s and their late 20s, and, uh, instead of them like laughing at this kid, they're like, man, in a little bit, we're going to go down to the river's bottom and there's arrowheads down there. Could you do that down there? That would be awesome. They released him. To a little bit to lead the life that God longs for him to lead. It brought justice. That's justice. When you step into someone's life who is, you don't crush the weak, it says here. You step into their life and you lift them up. No matter what they are, who they are, you love them. You support them. You nurture them. You care for them. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to be the one who's weak. And you're going to need one of us to come along and offer you some justice. This is this this hallmark passage for me about who I am to be as a follower of Jesus Christ. Someone who brings his love to a world that's hurting. Someone who says that's wrong. and I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to do what I can to make it right. Someone who enters into individual lives. Man, I got to tell you, I I purposefully did not say who these guys were because I don't want you all, because some of you will know who they are, to go, wow, you're so awesome. Because that's not why they did it. I love the fact that they did it and have no idea, because they're still out there, have no idea that I'm talking about them. One of their moms was here at the first service, so she's going to spill the beans, I'm sure. But I love the fact That they did it because they're a group of guys who are trying to be more like God. That's it. If we all take that on, we're just a group of people trying to be more like God. Imagine those people who don't know the love of God, what they would experience. Imagine the justice that we could offer to this world. This is a great passage of scripture to read. But better is a passage of scripture to live. We have someone in our midst who is very good at this, offering justice to little people. He's been doing it to uh, four people that are a little bit bigger uh, in the past 
year or two, or I can't even remember how long. I try not to remember it. But now he's quit us, and he's moving on. Will Mitchell is our senior youth guy, um, and he is great, and he has done amazing things for our community and our youth. Am I right? Yes. Are you all mad at him? Kind of. <laughs> we got a yeah. <laughs> Uh, Will has better dealed us. Um, he's moving on. Uh, not really. Will has, uh, Will grew up at T-Bar-M. I told you we'd talk about it again, going to T-Bar-M camps and, uh, returned there as a counselor and then went through the Timothy team and all kinds of sorts. He's, he's got T-Bar-M in his blood and he is an Omega, which makes it even better. I don't care if you're an alpha, you're still an Omega today. <laughs> Boo alphas. Um, and, uh, so, and, and Will has been hired to run their day camp. They have a day camp that runs during the summer, which the little people go to, and they, they don't spend the night there. It's just a day camp. It's the name. Um, and this is where Will wants to be. Will has a, a heart and a passion for Christian camping, as it's called, um, and he loves that sort of thing. And, and while we are very um, upset with William for leaving us, uh, we are so excited and and proud of our uh, our brother, our son, who has taken this step and, and moving his his young wife, Melissa, out to New Braunfels. I mean, really. Um, and they're going out there to, uh, to, to run this program. And, and who knows, by the time um, Corbin is a counselor, uh, Will may be running the whole shebang out there, knowing Will. Um, but what I wanted to do is Will and Melissa are here. Uh, I wanted to put them in the center court. As you, if you've been here, we do this from time to time. If you haven't, get over the weirdness, okay? This is, this is one of our own. And we're going to put him in the center court. And Daryl and I are going to come forward. And, and, uh, and he and I are going to pray. Everybody just circle around. Huddle up, Aggies. Or Longhorns. Or Frogs. Or whatever. Everybody come closer and, and just reach out. And you don't have to fight to touch Will and Melissa. Except for the youth, apparently. They still love you. Even if we don't. Um, and we're just going to pray for them and send them off. Uh, and at the end, the worship team is going to get up and sing... One more song so you can go back to your seats. And again, uh, if you're new here, um, thanks for stretching your boundaries and uh, offering a little justice to these people. Uh, Daryl, you want to start and I'll finish there. Gracious and loving God, we bless you. We thank you uh, for Will and Melissa. We thank you for the ministry that they have brought to our community for the last four years. We thank you for what they have sacrificed, um, what they've poured into our families and our children and our students. And we recognize that this is your son and your daughter, and it's our brother and our sister. And we, we want them to be released even more into their identity, as Michael taught us this morning, Father. Even to become more of who you've called them and equipped them to be. And that this is a step toward that. We ask for your blessing as they take this step. We know there's things that are going to be scary and uncertain. But we ask that you just bring a shalom and a peace to their household and to each of their hearts. Um, that they walk behind you, Father, that you don't ask them to take a step that you haven't already taken. We declare that you're already in New Bromble's waiting for them, that you're already going before them and setting this place, and you're inviting them to come into it. We declare this in Jesus' name. Amen. That said it all, brother. That was good. No, amen. All right. Everybody go sit down. We love you, Will and Melissa. We invite you to stand and uh, and join us in the this last uh, worship song. Uh